0: Chart Chat is a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU Radio. Find out more at Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J.fm. Hello, everybody. It's March 26th, 2018. I'm Tanner Green. And
1: I'm Caitlin fly And
0: you are listening to Chart Chat, your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the US and UK charts. Caitlin,
1: what's new? So many things. Oh, okay. Well, I'm working on a project, final project, for one of my classes this semester that is also a podcast. Ooh. It will be in podcast format. So I'm thinking through all of those things. It's going to be about hip hop. Perhaps I will test out some ideas or use this podcast to help me out with it a little bit, Tanner.
0: Synergy. Synergy. Nice. Love it.
1: Mm-hmm. What's new with you?
0: Um, What is new with me? I don't know. They're bringing a game I really like to a platform. I really like the Nintendo Switch. <gasps>
1: They're
0: bringing a puzzle game <gasps> to it that I really like. So,
1: Is it the puzzle game that we played before? No. Oh.
0: It's, it's kind of like Tetris, but not really because it's better. Fight me, IRL, Tetris fans. In any case, you might notice a bit of a pattern here with these U.S. entries, but I will let them speak for themselves. Debuting at number 98, we have Logic featuring young Sinatra with Warm It Up. Debuting at number 97, it's Logic with Boom Trap Protocol. Debuting at number 88, it's Boom by Lil Yachty featuring Ugly God. Debuting at number 87, it's Logic with his song Yuck. Debuting at number 84, there's Taylor Swift with her song Delicate. Debuting at number 83, there's What's Up by Logic featuring Big Sean. Logic debuts at number 74 with his song Midnight. Debuting at number 73, there's 66 by Lil Yachty featuring Trippy Red. Logic debuts at number 68 with Overnight. Debuting at number 63 is NBA Youngboat by Lil Yachty featuring NBA Youngboy. Debuting at number 60, there's Logic with his song Contra. Debuting at number 56, there's Logic featuring Wiz Khalifa with their song Indikabadu. And debuting at number 54, There's Bad Wolves with their cover of Zombies, originally by the Cranberries. Caitlin had wanted to potentially speak briefly on that. You have a look on your face?
1: I am so. I think perhaps when we get closer to Pick of the Week, we will bring up a few thoughts about this Cranberries cover and the fact that it also debuted higher than every Logic song this week.
0: But we will put that off until later. What do, you, what do you got in the UK?
1: In the UK, we are going to start off with a club track. At number 98, we have M22 featuring Medina with First Time. At number 95, we have George Ezra with Hold My Girl. At number 89, we have Nina Nesbitt with Somebody Special. At number 84, the only Logic track on my chart this week with Contra. At number 82, we have Notes featuring Malik Barry with Sit Back Down. At number 25, we have Years and Years with Sanctify. At number 24, we have Lauren Alred with Never Enough. And at number 22, we have a song called A Million Dreams by Ziv Zafeman, Hugh Jackman, and Michelle Williams. Those last two tracks are from The New Circus Movie.
0: The New Circus Movie.
1: Yeah. Is that the I official thought, title. When I said that I thought it would come to me. I think it's the greatest something. The greatest showman. <laughs> the greatest show on earth. I think it's about like Barnum Barnum the, and Bailey. The greatest showman, yes. Yeah, okay, the greatest. There we go. Yep.
0: <laughs> yep, a loose interpretation of the uh Barnum and Bailey Circus.
1: Excellent. Well, I get my act together over here, I think Tanner is going to kick us off this your, week. Your
0: circus act. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so as you might have noticed, there's a whole lot of Logic and also a whole lot of Lil Yachty, which means new releases from the two of them, uh, new sequel releases from the two of them. You have Logic with his mixtape Bobby Tarantino 2, and you have Lil Yachty with his uh, album Lil Boat 2. For sake of variety, because uh, it might get a little uh, tiresome for some of our listeners who aren't as into hip hop to have me just talk about hip hop. It's true. There, there are listeners out there that, that want some variety. No. So I'm giving the people what they want and only talking about one of these albums. And as much as it pains me to say it, Lil Boat 2 is not very good. Uh, so that means that we're talking about Logic. We're talking about Bobby Tarantino 2. And we're talking about, in particular, his song, Yuck. A Little bit of an overview on the mixtape here. Debuted at number one. It's his second number one on the Billboard 200. Uh, Last year, his album, Everybody, debuted at number one. So this is, again, his second appearance there. Mm -hmm. That album, Everybody, contained uh, Logic's sort of major hit song, 1-800-273-8255, the Suicide Prevention song. Who can Um, relate? Woo. Um... (laughs) So that's the song he's perhaps best known for in the mainstream. And given that, Bobby Tarantino two might come as a bit of a surprise to some. Um, For reasons that will become clear in a second and a little more on that front. This is a uh, sort of difference that Logic himself is aware of. Uh, This track didn't debut on the Hot 100, but the opening track of the mixtape is actually a skit between the characters of Rick and Morty, if you're familiar with. Yeah. So the Adult Swim show Rick and Morty the two characters are having a conversation as the opening to this album and they're trying to choose what to listen to in their spaceship and they just start talking about logic and they start talking about the difference between album logic and mixtape logic. And this is a, this is, this is a distinction that, that fans have also drawn on. So you have album logic, which like the 1-800 song, is more serious, more capital I issue oriented and then you have mixtape logic which is more lighthearted and maybe more party focused. Uh, and to risk sounding like a total logic apologist, I'm here to say that it is possible to like both of them. So, with all that said, let's listen to a clip of again this is yuck by logic.
2: Uh, I'm gonna call you back. Talking, and give up with a tone, talking shit about logic, I never respond, I let success talk, it's a word of advice, more achievements for yourself and less talk, cats beef with logic, yeah they praying I respond, if I ever did I'd you in this game with no respawn peace, love and positivity, that's all I want with you, but you push the issue cause I give you more press than your publicist could ever get you, hell nah fuck rap, fuck beef, anyone that hate me, I wish you success I wish you'd look in the mirror and ask yourself why you suppressed, the feelings is self-hatred that you want project on me bet if i never picked up the mic then we might be homies but you
0: jealous you look at my life and you your <laughs> eyes but i am nodding my head with vigor uh first off the production again i'm gonna make a, a kissing motion with my hand Mwah. Mwah. Uh, it's handled by logic's frequent collaborator six um i absolutely love that sample that the song is built around Um, It's eerie. It's unsettling. It sounds like it could be in an old horror movie like Psycho Mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, And I always love it when a bass line in a rap song does more than just sort of accentuate the rhythms when it plays a little more of a uh, tonal presence. And with this song, sort of like if you remember the Migos song we talked about a number of weeks ago, Superstars, uh, in this song, you occasionally get these weird sort of splutters upwards in the bass and that's super cool lyrically the bulk of the song is kind of a nod to this quasi beef he has going on with another super talented rapper named joiner lucas um
1: never heard of
3: him it's another
0: it's another podcast he's got some good stuff okay but i find beefs really boring yeah like really really boring um and maybe because of that, maybe that's why I'm such a sucker for the like kill them with kindness approach that mm-hmm. Logic takes on this track. You Isn't know, that
1: a Taylor Swift song? Kill them with kindness. Probably.
0: If it's not, it's kindness. on her upcoming album. Or
1: no, it might be Selena Gomez. Oh, Ooh. wow. Look at my pop senses tingling over here.
0: <laughs> Something. <laughs> trying to make up for that uh, greatest showman flub earlier. <laughs> yeah, trying.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> trying. <laughs> no,
0: so, I mean, you know, you've got lines like, uh I give you more, more, uh, fame than your publicist could get you or yeah something like that you know uh, why are you so pressed why do you hate me so much like i find that kind of an enjoyable approach to kind of throw that back in their faces you've got a look on your face i
1: do because i would love i was gonna save my point for the end but i feel like this would fit really well because i'm the exact opposite i love beefs i love okay. tracking it on all different oh, no. sites they go on <laughs> twitter instagram it's so fun to me it's also time consuming but what I would like to say is I think this suits Taylor Swift so much. Like this track, the fact that it's about primarily about like a beef mm-hmm. where she's at with her quote reputation, reputation right now and how she's kind of has a chip on her shoulder. I feel like if this were to be released as a remix, Taylor Swift should be on it somehow. Mm-hmm. And I think she definitely could fit on here and I envision it not. I, I probably wouldn't like it too much, but I could see her kind of doing the thing she did on "Ooh, look what you made me do." Right. look, you know, or the verses
0: c- on "Ready for it" or something like
1: that. Right, exactly. Right. So she has this kind of monotone, pseudo, not great rap thing going on, and I feel like she'd fit right in with Kendrick in that regard. There's
0: a nice little underhanded little jab there. <laughs> One more note on the beef. Caitlin, uh, before recording, was wondering why the song ends with an Elton John voicemail. It's a good question because it seems out of the blue, but I mentioned that uh, quasi-beef with uh, Join Lucas. So this quasi-beef originated from a Tech 9 song called Sriracha that both Logic and Lucas were on. On that song, on Sriracha, Lucas raps the line, sing for the moment, I hit the high note, someone please let Elton John know. <laughs> Presumably... Logic is attempting to one-up Joyner Lucas by being like, hey, you tried to shout out Elton John. Elton John left me a voicemail. Blah.
1: How did that go down? Did he email (laughs) and be like, hey, Elton, I'm going to use this really embarrassing kind of goofy voicemail you left me?
0: No, they actually, they did wind up collaborating on something. Okay, because
1: Um, it was so goofy.
0: But I mean, doesn't that kind of fit? I feel like
1: it fits. Okay. That's nice. (laughs) I feel like also while I'm on my collaboration spiel right now, I really love this instrumental sample that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's so trebly and really distorted at some points. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of screams two people in my mind right now. And Lil Wayne having a, "Eh," Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like a Mm screechier um tone to add to that would kind of increase the ominous mm-hmm. ominousness That'd be cool. yeah or maybe somebody like Khalid who has a mm. little bit of a lower tone and can kind of like draw out syllables and yeah. mess with that rhythm that was so punchy and mm-hmm. I loved that mm-hmm. but having a contrast could be
0: I'm into that cool. yeah I'm into that and you're less into the song in general it sounds like
1: overall as it is right
0: now without the collaborations
1: (laughs) yeah and as i said i think last week i i I almost have no use for it like i'm not really mad at anybody in particular you just like to follow
0: other people that are mad at people yeah
1: and be not mad myself so it's a good state to be it's an interesting um little thing and i'd like to see thematically where it fits in overall with the album i have yet to listen to the whole thing so if it's all about beef he might have some problems but it's definitely not okay (laughs) i can
0: i can can promise you as someone who has listened to the entire album and it's mostly pretty good it's not all about beef cool and with that we're going to move on to the other song i want to talk about that is also not all about beef from an album that sometimes people like to portray as being all about beef that is taylor swift that is her song delicate uh we've talked about her on the podcast before we've talked about both uh Gorgeous and call it what you want. Uh, previous singles, so we won't belabor that too much. Um, actually, yeah, with that being said, yeah, let's just listen to it. Uh, here is Delicate by Taylor Swift.
3: is it chill that you're in my head cause i know that it's like is it cool that i said all that is it too soon to do this yet
0: So again, kind of similar points I could make to gorgeous or call it what you want in terms of being plush and cozy and enveloping mm-hmm. and yada yada yada. But I want to pose a hypothetical <gasps> I to love think these. about. So anecdotally, it seems like reputation as an album has gotten kind of a mixed response. Sure, I would say. At least personally speaking, I know lots of people that are kind of indifferent mm-hmm. or kind of down on it. My my hypothetical situation is with the perception of that album be different if this or gorgeous or call it what you want was the lead single as opposed to something that leaned into the village stick. Like look what you made me do or ready for it. Like, like would that change the way people feel about this album?
1: I feel like absolutely. Okay. And I would love to get in a room with Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and ask her if I had one question, mm-hmm. do you regret choosing your lead single mm. are you still mad about Katy perry mm. are you mm. really are you like are you that petty that was a lot more questions than one that was
0: but i like the first the first question yes
1: good one. why and that was the one that was just like i'm too sexy for my shirt mm-hmm. people were uh, so uncomfortable with it the music video that received more criticism i think than i have heard than the rest of the album combined
0: I'm resisting the urge to defend that song, but yes, people people were mixed.
1: People were mixed, and I'm not a Taylor Swift hater. I'm not right. a huge Taylor <laughs> Swift fan either, yeah. but gorgeous, delicate, I dig it. I really right. like those two songs, yep. and yeah, man, this hypothetical got my blood boiling. Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
0: and, and part of what made me think about it is a number of weeks ago I was talking with a good friend, um, and he boiled down his frustrations to... He, he was saying that he thinks that Swift overestimated the amount of interest the public had in a project this cynical or ironic. Mm. And I kept thinking about that, and I was like, that's a really good point. And then I especially started thinking about that as I was prepping for this recording, knowing that I was going to do a Logic song, and knowing that Logic is an artist who went to number three with a song that is very on-the-nose, very earnest, suicide prevention song. Mm. And if you juxtapose that sort of climate with look what you made me do are ready for it like it seems rhetorically out of place yeah
1: salty and i feel like maybe i i feel like that's a really good yeah. observation that your friend made because normal people just aren't that salty normal people aren't that petty yeah. you know and in my experience. I really a lot of or if they are things, they but... they
0: know when to be. Right. And if this was five years ago then sure, totally, but now this 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 particular pop moment does not feel like one that is conducive to that sort of shtick. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, I think that's about all I have to say on that one. Um I'm guessing you probably don't have much else to say on that one. Not much else
1: to say. And I'm really excited to take us to the UK side. Well, Let's do it then. Let's do it. So the first selection I have for us is by none other than George Ezra Barnett, a.k.a. George Ezra.
0: You say that like he's a superstar. (laughs) None other than George Ezra.
1: Love it. So... He obviously um, is a Hertford, England native that is just northwest of the city and suburbs of London for those of us who like geography. Um, George Ezra's probably best known for his 2013 single, Budapest, which reached a high of number three on UK official singles charts and number two on the US Hot Rock Songs chart.
0: I didn't know that actually. Yeah,
1: it was very, very strange. Um, Didn't get that high ever on the Billboard Hot 100. Before I play us our clip, something you should all know about is that George Ezra began his own podcast series this very year, 2018 competition. Get out of here, George. So it's called George Ezra and Friends. How cute. He describes it as honest, long form conversations between two musicians. The questionable highs of creating and performing alongside honesty regarding things they have struggled with along the way. It's a lot of words. I copied and pasted it from iTunes into my script. So his words, not mine. He also travels to his guests. So he sends them an email, shows up at their house or wherever they are, tour bus. Uh, and he also records and produces it himself. He has a couple mixing issues, as I think all podcasts do. But
0: I was going to say, let's not throw stones. No,
1: no, no, I know. <laughs> I was going to say, we sometimes mess up our mixes as well, which is totally fine. But it'll be interesting to see where he goes. He already has a really popular one with Ed Sheeran. And they just kind of talk around, I guess, their their Britishness and how it affected their maybe rise to international stardom it's it was entertaining apparently ed sheeran uh never paid rent because he always just stayed with like at the open mic places he went and played at and there, he was like "Could i also have food could i also hmm. just stay here and he just kind of bar hopped for a while
0: airbnb before airbnb
1: you got it so definitely give that a check out george ezra and friends so without further ado Put us off long enough. Here is George Ezra's Hold My Girl. I've got time, I've got love,
4: got confidence, rise above. Give me a minute to hold my girl. Give me a minute to hold my girl. Crowded town, silent bed. Be a good place to rest your head. Give me To hold my girl, give me a minute to hold my girl. My girl, my girl. It takes one hot second to turn it around. It takes one hot second to turn it around. I've got time. I've got love. Got confidence. Rise above, give me a minute to hold my girl. Give me a minute to hold my girl. Crowded town, silent bed, be a place to rest your head in. Give me a minute to hold my girl.
1: Give me a minute to hold my girl. Couple things about George Ezra. We haven't talked about him on this podcast before, I don't believe.
0: I don't think so. There was there was a debut that uh, that he had that was terrible, but we didn't talk about
1: it. Paradise, Paradise, yes. Yep. Uh, so I would like to take this opportunity to talk about George Ezra's vocal timbre. It's he, weird. It is weird. <laughs> he has probably, in my mind, one of the most unique vocal timbres in the music industry right now. He has a really interesting use of vibrato and his phrasing. He just dies at the end of a lot of musical phrases. That's a good oh way to put it. Oh, yeah. my And just kind of fades away, which is really nice and kind of endearing. I I like that. I like um, how how it makes me feel. A lot of the lines are short and don't really give him the opportunity to use too much vibrato or make that kind of cool use of phrasing. Kind of like, give me a minute. You can't really... Give me a... You know, you can't really do that. But the ones he does use, which is Girl, he kind of draws that out and then fades away. Mm -hmm. And there's a really nice pureness to the way he sings and how deep his tone is. I think he strikes notes really brightly, Mm -hmm. brings them out that way. The bridge that you heard in that clip was really dramatic. The pizzicato strings, everything kind of swells and then drops out, and he just, it's him and his guitar. He pushes his voice a little bit more if you remember Budapest, which I really loved that song. I'm still making up my mind on this song. The overall kind of crescendo to that bridge is a lot in the, I think, three and a half minutes the song is, and... I think there's going to be way more to come from him. But before I leave and this song and invite Tanner's comments, I want to make a comparison to someone who I think listeners may have heard about before. So let me introduce this by saying, look up a picture of George Ezra, if you are able right now. You will see that his voice doesn't necessarily match his body or age. He sounds way older and kind of bluesier, more soulful than the scrawny 24-year-old British white kid that he is. And I call this the Sam Smith effect. Like a lot of people listen to Sam Smith's music and is like, whoa, he looks like that? You know? So bear with me here. I would like to throw it back to a man named Johnny Cash. ¶¶
4: Oh, come all you young fellers Young and so fine Seek not your fortune In the dark, dreary mind, It'll form as a habit And seep in your soul Till a stream of your blood runs as black as the cold.
1: So that was a little bit of Johnny Cash, one of the deepest songs that I could think of as a point of comparison. That was Dark as a Dungeon. Obviously, George Ezra doesn't have this gravelly tone that Johnny Cash has. Apparently, he started smoking when he was about 12. Um, that's a surefire way to get that gravelly tone, everybody. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> But the main point of comparison here, obviously, is guitar, singer songwritery and this deep, deep, deep voice. So I'd like to invite Tanner's thoughts on George Ezra or Johnny Cash.
0: I mean, I don't think I have a lot of thoughts on Johnny Cash. Uh, I would be loath to put George Ezra on the same level as Johnny Cash. <laughs> um, in terms of the George Ezra, Ezra song, I cannot figure out why I like the song. Mm. Uh I mean, it's no secret that I am—I—I am I, I'm capable of enjoying sentimental songs. This is a sentimental song. Mm-hmm. It's also, as I mentioned earlier, no secret that I absolutely hated that last song of his I heard, "Paradise." Mm-hmm. I thought it was terrible, and I think that's part of why I'm so confused. I think—I think maybe the closest I can come to articulating why I think the George Ezra song here works. Uh, are those strings that you mentioned? Mm. Because there is such a gradual build of them over the song when it does reach that sort of climactic moment. It's not like that climactic moment comes with every chorus. Right. It's not like it continually just like blows everything out of proportion and gets into that sort of uh, schlocky overblown territory that makes me start to kind of check out. It, mm. it I guess it feels like it earns mm. that sort of grandiose scale a little bit more. And also on a super minor note, I'm... I'm I'm weirdly fixated on the uh, the rhythm on the word confidence,
1: yeah,
0: confidence like the the weird,
1: yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yeah
0: I don't know why like that. It's very marchy and sta- in, in a way that the rest of the song isn't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if it really works, but it at least stands out. Um, yeah. I'm just gonna kind of sit here and kind of keep like moving my shoulders in a weird way because I don't. <laughs> it, it's it's weird, but yeah. Uh,
1: no, I totally agree. And just thinking back to Budapest, it was such a long time ago that that song came out, but. Mm. There was almost no real instrumental accompaniment mm. of, I guess, this, I'll use your word, grandiosity. Sure. Right? It was just going, my house in Budapest, my money in Georgia. Chest. I could just listen to him sing acapella. <laughs> I really could because that vocal tone is just so, just hits me right in my heart, Georgia Ezra. Mm. And friends, don't forget to check out his podcast. (laughs) You're too good. I think we are moving on now to our last, uh, or my last choice of song, which is First Time. This is probably my favorite pick on the UK side this week. And I just want to talk to you a little bit about these two artists on the song. So M22 will do first. They're an English-German DJ-producer duo. And... It consists of Matt James and Frank Sanders. They don't really have anything of note yet. They began working together in 2015, a couple years ago, and they released the track Sometime, which people may have heard. That peaked at number six on the UK club charts a few years ago. I forget the year now. So they have a SoundCloud account. They have uh, maybe two or three things on Spotify. I couldn't find Sometime on YouTube. So. Do some digging, people. See what you can come up with. The other person on this song is Medina. She is a Danish electro-pop singer, and her big breakthrough occurred in 2009 when her single, and this is Danish, and I am not, "Kun for Mig, moment of silence for my my execution of that uh, song title, Uh, but that song spent six weeks at number one, on Denmark's charts and then it also had an overall 17 straight weeks in the top five she was a big deal in 2009 this is the product of collaboration between m22 and medina please enjoy if you- It's a good song. love that song. And at the risk of sounding really pretentious right now, I think I love this song, and it has a lot to do with the fact that I can execute those vocals. Like, that's my vocal range when she's singing in. And I also do similar vocal things when I sing. Mm -hmm. So let me talk you through a couple of those. So her timbre, I just latched onto it. There's There's not too much that's special about the backing track to me, but her voice is just... I just need a second. Wow. So she does these really quick crescendo, decrescendo things in the drawn out uh, kind of pre-drop section. So when she's saying, I think you, so she kind of goes you and kind of goes and fades really quickly within one word Mm -hmm. where a lot of singers don't do that and that probably will not come across what i just did into the microphone here
0: increasing and decreasing the dynamic level exactly
1: so i think that was kind of special about this and also her phrasing so we talked about or i talked about ezra's kind of dropping off or fading at the end of phrases or certain words medina kind of takes pains not to do that at all she still finishes words really really strong and she also does these cool kind of little grace note drop things and i really like them a lot the next vocal thing i want to talk about is a kind of an interesting listening problem i'm going to say that i found while listening to this so i've listened to this song on a variety of i guess technologies so my computer or laptop speakers heard it on that i have an amazon alexa which has great speakers I also listened to it on two sets of headphones, one with earbuds, one that are over the ear. And each time, I at first thought when I was listening on headphones that it didn't, the vocal track didn't have that much echo on it because the vocals were so, it almost sounded like a muted type thing where there was no sense of space. And then when I listened on a couple other of these platforms, I'm like, no wait, like there's a lot of space in this, especially on the instrumentals. I probably sound like a crazy person right now, but I was. it was so varied each different listening experience that I had that I came away from it being like, okay, it sounds like this song, if I had to put it in a space, sounds like an empty club. Like there's this closeness of the vocals, but also there's some strange amount of echo on them as well. And the instrumentals are loud, but also a little bit echoey. There's some vocal harmonies that are thrown in. Uh, I was like, man, that's, it's kind of fascinating to, I don't know, I felt like very lonely when I had that thought listening to this song. Like, oh, here I am dancing alone in the club, crying in the (laughs) club. But (laughs) But regardless, before we hear from Tanner, I want to point out a couple instrumental things. I maybe got lost in my obsession with the vocals. So there's this great syncopation with the blocked kind of keyboard, synthy, piano chords, and the percussion in the pre chorus and in the drop, or pre drop, drop, however, we're going to talk about electronic and club music these days. There's also this really hypnotic synth line that happens in the second half of the drop. So it kind of trades off with Medina's voice and then it goes to this synth line. And it's kind of reminiscent of last week's discussion of how we had this synth line on X by Nikki Jam, J Balvin, and Tanner was just enthralled mm-hmm. with this synth line. This one sounds similar in tone, but it's much more frantic. It's not as relaxed and as maybe groovable. It's more hand fist pump in the air. Yeah. Regardless, I think it does the same thing. Though it cuts through the mix really well. Of okay, now here's this kind of like synthy thing that, because of lack of vocals here, this almost stands in for vocals, which is kind of an interesting thought.
0: Especially because, at least to my ears, it sounds like vocals that have been pitch shifted upwards a couple octaves. Mm -hmm. Like tambourine that's what it sounds like to me. Um, So that. Makes sense that it would kind of serve that function.
1: Yeah. I've also had a discussion about this with um, my m- music students, music, basic mm. music skills students. And we were talking about the Alessia Cara song. With Zed? With Zed. Stay? Stay. And whether or not we can call kind of the chorus, because there's no vocals in it, mm-hmm. a chorus. And I'm like, I think you totally can because you can, you remember that synth line and you can sing it yourself, can't you? And they weren't super cool with that logic, I think, because they were uncomfortable with the lack of vocals and like, it's a chorus. Like, that means words. And I was like, well, broaden your horizons. I
0: feel like the popularity of dance music in this decade has...
1: Totally altered those kind of...
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's that marshmallow track with Selena Gomez, Wolves, that we talked about where the... Mm chorus line is more pitch shifted vocals like this isn't that uncommon anymore but anyway but yeah as a song i think is super cool um it's nice to see i feel like every so often in the uk charts we get these house tracks that crop up here and there i'm thinking of mk 17 from back in the early days of this podcast this is a little similar like mm-hmm. uh, there's little about this song production wise to me at least that really stands out but it's just a really well executed House track, And it's cool that you get that showing up in the UK charts. I wish we got more of that over in the US side of things.
1: Yeah, I think if I had to hedge my bets right now, I would think this would climb a little bit, Yeah, but maybe not break the top 50.
0: I mean, yeah, speaking of, of MK17, that track climbed all the way to number seven. Um, so, you know, whether or not this track will climb that high is... Subject to a variety of factors that I are calm myself down the, I mean <laughs> you you might be the next okay. uh hit maker here Who knows for the u k the but um maker. yeah, it's a super cool song um I don't quite like it as much as that click song we mm. talked about, but that was yeah, a little more of a hip it, house thing as tricky. opposed to just straight up house, so at that point we're splitting hairs, but mm. uh, we can split hairs further by <gasps> talking about a certain cover ah. that you were intrigued by you want to say something quick on that (laughs) i would love to and
1: then play a clip of it because this i can honestly say and i tanner and i we didn't butt heads but we discussed this at length this morning of pick of the week what is it you know meant to be is it should it be the song that we both really love or you know can it be something different And my main reason why I want to bring this up is because I will never have another opportunity to talk about the cranberries and zombie ever again on this podcast. (laughs) And with the very untimely death of Dolores O'Riordan, one of my favorite singers of all time, I would like to discuss this just slightly, just slightly. brief clip of a zombie by bad wolves oh man when i i thought this was going to be a completely different like song not a cover well. at all there was nothing to indicate that it was a cover based on the artwork for the album or the single whatever this is so high school angsty caitlin right now i listened to five finger death punch i listened to this i was kind of a mad high schooler. Mm. And then I got my stuff together in college, thank God. But there's so much to say about this. It reminds me of Breaking Benjamin, probably a band that Tanner has never heard of before. I've heard of Breaking Benjamin. You ben, have? have? Yes. Oh my gosh, amazing. But this sounds <laughs> like them. <laughs> I'm I'm honestly surprised. <laughs> Whether or not you like them is a different story, but I'm glad you've heard of them.
0: You might be surprised.
1: Yes, I am definitely Uh, worthy of note, if you guys go, please go listen to this song, they changed some words around, so Dolores O'Riordan in the original one sings bombs, guns, stuff like that, bad wolves adds drones, which I thought was super cheesy, and also they changed the year that Dolores O'Riordan sings, so they sing it's the same old thing in 2018, which is also insanely cheesy. Like, I was listening to this while I was working the other day, and I started blushing because of how embarrassed I was at the cheese factor of that replaced lyric. There's this really underwhelming Bon Jovi, like, guitar solo that <laughs> what kind of filter is on that? I'm gonna play it again, like, just that guitar solo. Hold on. Our in-house guitar expert is also the man who made our intro theme. So, Peter, if you could let us know what kind of pedal was used on that guitar. Hey, Peter,
0: why does that guitar sound so bad?
1: <laughs> Please let us know. But it just sounds something like straight out of Living on a Prayer, which shocked me for some reason. Because I was like, you're talking about drones in 2018? Get like some kind of heavy, distorted, crunchy guitar sound. But... Anyway, that was my spiel on <laughs> Bad Wolves. Cranberries are so dear to my heart, and I will continue listening to this cover, even though I'm not a huge fan of it and all of those cheesy things, but I will listen to it because I love Zombie.
0: Well, before I get to my other small point, as we close out here with a little bit of uh, loosely structured riffing, I'm guessing you didn't listen to all of uh, Eminem's rough album from last year revival no there's a song on there that's built around a sample of zombie it's called in your head it's really bad oh my god i'm just throwing that out there for you and uh, you. anyone out there it's not <laughs> a good song whereas zombie is a very good song but you mentioned peter i also do want to do a quick uh, update last week talking about power glide i was trying to figure out what sort of effect there was on the beat I didn't know if it was a phaser or a flanger and tried to kind of bumble through an explanation of the two. Um, We got an update from Peter Kelly. Uh, He said that it is a flanger with an EQ sweep. So I know in the past, I don't remember what the song was. We talked about low-pass filters, high-pass filters, Mm -hmm. basically tweaking whether you are uh, cutting out some of the low frequencies or the high frequencies. Um, Peter says that that particular clip of Powerglide is basically... um, cutting out some of the high frequencies so you get that muffly sound except having the frequencies that are being cut out kind of move along the spectrum mm-hmm. again getting that sweep as he puts it and the sort of tunnel-y whooshy effect is also from the fact that it is a flange and not a flange. phaser like i thought so it was close but no cigar um man we went we went places we did. I mean, this this is our first time back in like a regular recording groove.
1: So. Yeah, and last week we both came in and we were <laughs> zombies, but we were so tired. And
0: now we're making up for it. We are nervous, not even nervous. Scattered energy, we'll say. We're glad to be. Back. I
1: think it's kind of focused. I'm just so excited about these entries. I'm genuinely like, zombie gave me life this week. Okay. And with that.
0: There was the, yeah, the pick of the week also maybe uh, energized you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. What do you got? So our pick of the week is Indica Badu. Logic. Your favorite. My favorite. Wiz Khalifa, who I haven't heard from in a long time. I think the last song I remember listening to of Wiz Khalifa was Black and Yellow.
0: I mean, he's definitely had a number of features over the years. He was on a Ray Shremmer track from a couple of years ago, ago called Burn Slow that I really like. Um, mm. But in general, I find Wiz Khalifa kind of boring. Uh, um, but not so much on this one. Uh,
1: let's give it a whirl.
0: Well, before we give it a whirl, I want to jump in. What is it? So you normally, as we as we covered, you don't like Logic.
1: I'm not a Logic fan, no. But you
0: really enjoyed this one.
1: I enjoyed it enough. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner's cornering me over here in the musical taste corner. Uh. Not
0: even taste, just like wondering what's different about
2: it.
1: Okay, so what's different about it is that I found a contrast that I enjoyed here, with Wiz Khalifa bringing a little bit more bass overall. I found all of these tracks really trebly, hmm. and. I'm not a huge fan of trebly rappers and also trebly samples. If we go back to our discussion of Dave last week mm-hmm. and we listen to some of that, that's a little bit more of what I'm into. I also hear lower frequencies better, so I just kind of I don't know, I like them overall a little bit more. So, something that Indigabadu had was that contrast that I was kind of looking for in addition Two, this really cool flow at the beginning that Logic just kind of launches into. And it's kind of, I guess, Eminem-level flow. And I'm, I like Eminem, I think, less than I like Logic, but I'm going to see both of them this year perform so I can report back about what they are like live. Right. They can pull off these quick flows.
0: But in the meantime, should we check out that, uh, that opening?
1: Yes, please.
0: Cool.
2: Blowing trees, wave you like the seven seas, living life, let me get it right, let me give it a minute to get up in it like a beautiful independent woman that's gonna make you wait to smash, come now let me count this cash, come now let me sip this flash Spell like shoddy ass, jumpin' a whip, gotta get this gas. Put that shit and drive. I'm live like ammunition, no permission needed. I proceeded to accelerate. Had days with hella hate, but gotta let that anger migrate. All this shit that's on my plate, that food for thought that can't be bought but only taught and on the real no I can't get much higher. That fire I'm the city. I'm okay,
0: so listening so to that opening verse I of logics. The one thing that came to mind for some reason you have him going into this like double time, super rapid pace of rapping, which on a technical level is super impressive. Yes, 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 sure. What it made me think of though, I think it's like a 2005 track or a 2004 track. Mm. If you remember Twista, the song Ooh, Overnight yeah. Celebrity, produced by Kanye, I can make you celebrity overnight. Um, he does a similar thing where he does most of the phrase in that super rapid thing, but then slows it down on the last couple words. Those last couple notes there um which I think is a really effective way of giving the listener some room to breathe yeah which in a song that is uh topically about drugs and is ethereal and floaty in a way that might suggest that sort of a atmosphere I think it's a really smart way to make sure the listener doesn't get completely overwhelmed mm um i like for my birthday last month when we were out in the car and i was playing a, a recent Lil wayne track for you all and rami was like i'm literally out of breath listening to this song yeah. i can't Turn i can't it exactly <laughs> hear, right and so i think it's smart whether you're twist or whether you're logic whether whomever you are i think it's smart to offer the listener those moments where you let off the gas pedal a little bit and you let the listener breathe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, production-wise, the beat is is, is gorgeous. It's very smooth. Um, and that's why it's our pick of the week.
1: It is. And with that, I'm going to take us out Thank you guys so much for listening to Chart Chat, your weekly ride around the city. If you'd like to listen to all of this past week's chart debuts, you can find YouTube and Spotify playlists in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feedback, or corrections, you can get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're interested in following us on social media, we're really fun people, you should do that. You can find us on Twitter at Chart Chat and on Instagram at Chart Also, please rate and review us. We would greatly appreciate it. Chart Chat's intro theme was written by Peter Kelly and our cover art made by Billy Phillips, both from Coronation Media. Coronation Media is a creative studio specializing in video production, animation, and graphic design. To learn what they can do for you or your company or organization, visit www.coronationmedia.com. Chart Chat is also a member of the Tiege.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit That's teej.fm. That's T E E J.FM. Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Tanner. And we'll catch you next week.
4: Your
1: hair Look at me now. Oh my god. In your
4: <laughs> <head>. <laughs> no,
1: I love the And your drums <laughs> okay. In twenty
3: eighteen